This is the Comedy Kiosk, podcast by Monday and Munoz. Please welcome Monday and Munoz. Welcome to the Comedy Kiosk, a podcast in which we discuss news, opinions and ideas about comedy. I'm David Munoz and this is... Igor Monday. And today's topic is Igor on tour, because Igor has been... On tour. So, you have been performing in Barcelona. Yes? Yes. In Paris. Yes. And in Melbourne. Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah, so, Mr. Showoff, God damn you. Three freaking cool cities. You prick. So, uh, one, how did it come about? How did you end up performing in three quite different locations? Well, first of all, I do have to say it wasn't a tour. Like, it wasn't uh, planned to be... <laughs> A tour. The Melbourne thing was the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. And then before that, I wanted to just go out and practice my jokes and sets and, and kind of, you know, get into this whole routine uh, back in the saddle. As we discussed some episodes ago, that currently mm-hmm. I don't have a chance to perform regularly, like every weekend or every month even sometimes so i wanted to get a bit of like stage time and uh so you wanted to grease the wheel a little bit yeah sure grease the wheel whatever that sounds so i don't know sexual for some reason but grease the wheels don't wow (laughs) the wheels on the bus go greasing grease but yeah so hey hey no pedophilia jokes all right come on excusez-moi uh so yeah and but then it actually happened that i was going to barcelona and paris for work for my day Mm. job so i decided to extend both of those trips uh, and just stay there a bit longer and i signed up for a bunch of well i tried to sign up for a bunch of shows i ended up getting on most of those some of them were not running the week i was there or or some of them were just at the same time like two shows on in different parts of the city and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but uh yeah it was kind of uh you know business with mixing business with pleasure kind of situation it's not it's not every gigolo who does also stand-up comedy on the side so no but glad you can mix the two together but this guy does (laughs) all right so let's get down to okay let's go break down each scene as they are, as you see it, and compare yourself to how you're feeling it. So Barcelona, how? what were your expectations before you went, what you heard? So first, yeah, what were your expectations? Well, and I think we, we talked about it, if I'm not mistaken, and this was a while ago, like a year ago, maybe even a bit more, mm. when we talked about like the European stand-up scene uh, with Grant, yeah. I believe, our guest. And uh, yep. we mentioned then, if I remember correctly, that... Barcelona is currently like the second biggest uh, English comedy hub in Europe. Obviously, mm. like non-native English. Like I'm not talking like London or Edinburgh or something, but like... Uh, they're not Europe anymore. Brexit. Since then, they're not Europe anymore. Yeah, Nothing. fair. True. Ireland is the is, is the only English-speaking place in Europe these days. Ireland. Yeah, and, and, and even they struggle. So... Uh, yeah. <laughs> with English, I mean, not with Europe. But uh, yeah. yeah, it is... I, I knew that it was like the a huge hub for English uh, comedy stand-up especially. So, and I know people that went there, I know people that performed there. Everyone had really good experiences and feedback and everything. So I was yeah. quite, quite excited actually because, you know, it's this kind of 
mecca like a, a proper place mm. where every night you can do at least one show in english mostly two mostly three many comedians are running their own shows in like different venues and stuff so each venue has a different vibe or different slightly different format or something like this and mm -hmm. i've been to barcelona as like a few weeks before that as well just like unrelated trip but i really enjoyed it as a city and i i realized that there are so many like expats foreigners uh, exchange students everything there so i was like okay it has to be good audience has to be like a good scene so yeah was was okay. super super thrilled to check it out all right so you said you went there like a couple of weeks before you actually went there to perform you were there twice yeah yeah and so did you do did you go and watch any shows the week previous uh, no, I didn't go and watch the shows because I was there for work as well. And then I knew that mm. I'm coming back like in three weeks or something it was. So I decided to just like, okay, I'll be there. And I'll, I've taken especially like several, several additional days of doing shows. And I was like, okay, I'll see the shows when I'm there again. I didn't want to kind of mix right. the, the two. All right. So that was your impression. What was it like when you actually arrived? Was it as good as you expected? Was it better? Was it different? Was it suckier? What was it? It was really good. I really enjoy it. I think uh, it's very similar in terms of that same kind of, well, in terms of possibilities and that kind of idea that, yes, every comedian is also like you would come to a show, like a showcase feature show mm -hmm. and meet like six comics that are doing that show and each of them is running their own show as well. So in a different place at a different day or time or whatever. So it's very similar to Berlin in that sense. I would say that there is, you know, a scene of comedians that just drop yeah. by each other's shows, kind of do the the same circuit, do the same scene yeah. and uh, run their own show kind of on the side as well mm -hmm. uh, but it's it's good because it also means like a lot of possibilities a lot of like stages to perform and a lot of like different people you get to meet and, and work with because if it was you know one club or one type of like clubs or shows then you know it's very monotone i guess so yeah. it's good that everyone is running sl something slightly different i did one open mic and the one, two, three, four, four or five like feature shows. I uh, actually like I, I I reached out to do my solo show that I was preparing for Melbourne, but because mm -hmm. I reached out maybe like a month before going there, a lot of like good slots at this com they have a, an actual comedy club as well, an English comedy mm -hmm. club. So at that one, like all the good slots were taken, and I didn't really like they offered me things like. 10 30 on a thursday for example and i was like oh that's that's super late for a work day like i don't yeah. i don't want to do it for like seven people that will show up or something you know uh, not even that i don't want to do it as i'm like a prima donna i don't perform for seven people but i meant yeah. like i don't want to take your slot and you know but yeah. then i realized i came there and i realized you can easily fill like a 10 30 p.m show on like a thursday or something easily not like yeah, spanish people like to party late man the, the, they don't start nightclubbing till one o'clock in the morning seriously yeah and they have the little nap in the afternoon right so they're good to go exactly they're full of energy yeah at 10 30 that's like their new 10 a.m they're just like uh oh, the day's just getting going yeah and i think it's not because 
a lot of those people would be also like tourists and expats and stuff and a lot of those have like flexible schedules or they're like traveling vacationing whatever so they don't have to really go to sleep at 10 so yeah i think like 10 10 30 would be a good like i wouldn't get that room packed i think it's like a 70 80 people room but it could be like 30 40 people i think easy so uh, on a 10 30 on a thursday night that is bloody good i mean that's that's kind of my assumption and i see some people that are touring europe and going to barcelona taking those slots and still like on some kind of instagram stories or something i would see that it's you know packed basically not packed like but you know uh good attendance so yeah yeah all right so now two different questions kind of similar on each one now from the comedians, looking at the comedians that you are performing with, what is the mix ratio of Spanish slash Catalan comedians and comedians who are from uh, English speaking countries and comedians who are not Spanish, like not local, not uh, native English speakers, but other? So how would you, what would you say is the percentage compared to the scene that we're more used to sort of thing? Like how, how would you, in general for the audience members, what are the actual like um yeah what's the makeup of the of the comedians who are performing mm, i think same or similar as in all those kind of places like a big metropolitan city you know where if anyone's going to come to perform english stand up it's going to be first and foremost native english uh, people who native english speaking people yeah. who are mostly like english tutors english teachers translators interpreters and this kind of stuff so that was the majority here as well i think i met like uh four british people three australians three americans so yeah like one canadian so yeah that's i think that's the majority then there is like the traveling europeans and and other like expats there was a mexican guy a greek girl romanian guy this kind of like europe and beyond actually you know like some other some other nationalities as well and i think i've seen the and there were like two italians i remember but yeah i think that i i've seen only one actually spanish guy or two actually two spanish guys catalan guys performing on these like five or six shows I did there. So yeah, yeah. I, I, maybe it was just those shows. I can't say that they are the minority yeah. on the scene, but I think my majority is like yeah. native English speaking expats. Right. How, well, how was that for you being a Croatian who does stand up in English? How, how was it for you to meet so many uh, like natives? Yeah, we, well, especially after, um, the whole COVID and the current situation that we have here, uh, you you know things kind of went down there's less and less of the uh foreigners here but over there obviously there's a lot more so what was it like to be mixed with all these people from different cultures and in particular a lot more native speakers and is it sort of the scene where they tend to attract who would you say would attract more crowd is it based on national people like oh i want to hear a native do it or it doesn't matter they're like nah just want to hear the best i don't care if the person is from italy romania uh, england or catalan i don't care like as in yeah, I don't think it it matters because there are there are like one show, one like regular weekly show is ran by a Spanish guy. I mean the English show, yeah. so and people still. I think it's as long as it's an English show, that's 
that, that they don't really care who is performing as long as they can understand them as well you know like they speak english yeah so and the audience was the same like the audience was everything you know like japanese canadian german egyptian argentinian yeah. like everything because it's barcelona so it's like you know a super touristy yeah. city and everyone goes there so you know for a person from like czech republic or korea it doesn't really matter if you're irish or you're italian you know like it just yeah. matters that it's ha- it's in english they can understand it yeah and considering like you know like i said now because of the the situation now like our audience is predominantly well my the audience that i usually perform in now is vast majority russian only one or two like foreigners sort of thing in the audience so and of course when we first started there was a lot more mix here you know there was a lot more expats around and a lot more people coming to the comedy shows of different backgrounds uh what was it like to perform in front of that kind of crowd again was it different was it uh yeah how was it i think for maybe anyone joining us for the first time we have to know that uh, david is stuck in moscow well not yeah. stuck but uh, still in moscow uh, so yeah let's let's say stuck for now hopefully we'll be uh jimmying free in july or august yeah now it sounds like you're in prison i i i want to also make clear <laughs> uh, that you're there on your own free will and, uh yes uh, uh for legal reasons i will say that yes yes uh but yeah so that's what when you say like us here and everything that's what you mean like the moscow scene currently mm. just to make sure that everyone understands where you are and why is yeah. it like it is but well, yeah so what was it like performing in front of such a like a mixed crowd again but we i mean we were used to that before all these but that's like, what i mean but it's been a while still well for you <laughs> yeah it, like because uh i guess for you it has because i've left nah. i left moscow just after the sh- like shit hit the fan and all this like political stuff started going mm. on and, and i remember like just before that kind of between covid and that we still had like a new wave of of foreigners coming in and, and stuff obviously before covid it was way better but it was still not yeah that's say it was still a drippy drab it was like if you were yeah, lucky, yeah you it, it wasn't it audience. wasn't great but also even there even while there we would like often well at least i would often go somewhere abroad and perform you know like just before mm. covid like february 2020 we went on that uh like north european tour to sweden oh, so you to Estonia, to yep to to finland <laughs> to to germany so you know it's never been just the standard moscow audiences that i've performed for so you know, it's 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 a normal thing to have like an audience from around the world i think especially again yeah. in those like because way back when you know like 2015 2017 2019 when i went out and performed like around europe it would be berlin vienna prague like places where there are so many tourists and foreigners and everything so you would always get like a mixed mixed bag of of nationalities and everything yeah yeah okay true so all right so you have a bit of a you have mix amongst the comedians a mix in the audience and everything like that okay so uh how would you say was the uh, i don't want to say the level of comedy that that's a bit because it's it's different different strokes for different folks and all that it's very subjective so how did you feel though as a comedian the 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 background that you have you have like you just said you've toured around you've done a few things but you're not a big name like you know you don't sell in (laughs) you don't sell in barcelona with the name eagle monday at this point at this point i'm not saying you won't i'm just saying at this point you're not selling it's not the same as like when you said uh the farewell concert thing 
uh, in Moscow, you know, people came to see because they're like, oh, we know this guy. We like him. We want to see his final show before he leaves us the traitorous bastard. Uh, I have to say that, by the way, for legal reasons. Now, the point is, though, you then you now go to, to Barcelona. Did you feel like a big fish, a medium fish or a little fish in this pond that is Barcelona? How did you feel? Were you like, I'm with my people. I fit right in. I blend. I'm smooth. Or are you like, I am a crunchy cereal and there's no milk around. And God damn it, I just can't seem to blend in. How, how would you feel? Or are you just soggy? Well, I mean, <laughs> I felt like I think you don't need a name to sell in places like that. You need a, mm -hmm. like, I, I want to say you need a gimmick, but that's not fair to say. Like, you need something mm. interesting about you. Like, yeah. if I came with my show, which I took to, to Melbourne and I'm taking to, to French this summer, which is E-Yugoslav. Yep. So it's about, like, you know, born in Yugoslavia, lived in Eastern Europe, uh, now back in the EU and all these, like, differences between East and West and, you know, like, kind of cultural... Yeah differences geopolitical situation this kind of stuff that's a good yeah. hook you know like people see that people see that yeah. on the poster and it's not something they can hear every day like there is not a croatian comedian or like a balkan comedian ex-yugoslavian comedian in barcelona or in berlin or in new york or melbourne or anywhere like every day so it's a good gimmick yeah. it's a good hook so i think you need something yeah. like that you need to have an interesting show and you need to have a good poster or a good strategy of like getting people to come and see you because when we like sold out our tour in like Scandinavia, where was still three no names, but it was an interesting yeah. concept. When we did the Central and and uh, like Southern Europe as well, like back in the day with our Russian yeah. show from Russia with Laugh, it was again like it was 2015, 2016, just like interesting times again. Like Russia came back on the map uh, with like first the Olympic Games, then the Crimea situation, then it was like the World Cup coming and they were the host and everyone was kind of, oh, what's going on there? How is it to be a foreigner? How is it to live there? And we came with a show yeah. like, boom, here is... Here is our yeah. take on that, obviously, from a humor, yeah. humorous point of view and everything, but everyone came out to see it. So I think you don't need to be a big name. You have, I mean, if you're Bill Burr or Louis C.K. or someone, you're going to sell out like a huge theater in Barcelona, yeah. obviously. But to get people of to course. come to your like club show, I think you just have to have a good kind of concept and gimmick. But in terms of where do I see myself like compared to maybe local comedians there on the scene, I think like we are equal like i didn't feel you know yeah. maybe now after almost a year of not performing regularly i felt a bit rusty and you know like uh, like i was mm. at uh, at a loss because they do like two three shows a night and i do two three shows a year at this point yeah well, not a year but you know but i yeah. think in terms of just quality of jokes and experience and everything we are like neck and neck mm-hmm Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. All right. And any last parting words about the whole scene then of Barcelona? Any parting words, any last thoughts or any shout outs or anything you want to do about Barcelona before we move on to Paris and the land of baguettes, croissants and smelly cheese? Yes, that's called cultural appropriation, David. But yep. <laughs> yep. But, but to be fair, that is not your biggest problem at the moment. So we, we'll let it slide. So, yeah, I mean, I do have a shout out to like everyone who gave me a spot. I don't think anyone's listening to this podcast. Maybe they are. But uh, 
thanks for all the all the guys that gave me a chance and uh, i got to do the actual like comedy club which is the comedy clubhouse in barcelona fridays and mm. saturdays which is their like kind of flagship shows they're running on those days and all of them were super fun and uh, yeah so shout out to them and thanks for having me in terms of like some kind of final conclusion or something uh, i think it very much depends you know like day of the week type of the show this comedy clubhouse mm -hmm. it's a comedy it's an actual club and they have like shows every day and people there mm -hmm. it's kind of like a you know group of friends and colleagues that know each other so it's it's a very kind of chill atmosphere they know how to run shows properly and everything some other shows are obviously like open mics a bit more chaotic uh, some kind of different concepts not just stand up and, and stuff but in general i would really love to go back i would love to do my yeah. show my actual like solo show and more of these like feature shows because they're super fun mm. and yeah it's only like the 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 only difference i feel like it was because i did two back-to-back -back shows on saturday in the same place like uh i guess 8 30 and 10 30 maybe it was like that mm -hmm. and the 10 30 show was like super kind of rowdy and, and chaotic and everything because everyone like the all, all the audience got like super wasted and it was like a really hard show and this is that yeah. kind of thing that we had for a little while but in moscow back in the day where you could do actual two shows a night and then compare wow. the same set like back to back with two completely different audiences because yeah. i haven't had this chance for like years and years to do this and it's so and even in the same room like it was the same venue not like once you do it in a fancy restaurant and then you do it in like a dark basement so it's different yeah. mood and audience but no it's the same room it's you know the same type of people is just now they're two hours drunker so it was yeah. just uh like a, a <laughs> and they've forgotten thing. the jokes the first time they didn't actually leave they're just there going we like the other guy better the guy from croatia you're like i am that guy from croatia i'm telling the exact same jokes no he was funny and cute you're weird that actually happened i mean not the fact that they forgot <laughs> that they forgot me but the fact that the, at least like 30 percent of the people bled into the other show because the thing yeah. was, uh, the other show was a paid show as well. But the thing was like, mm. if you were here for the first one, you are welcome to stay for free for the second one. And then, well, it adds more people to the crowd, I guess, as well. Yeah, yeah, because it's it a late, it late night show and stuff. And it's Saturday night, so people actually prefer to go to a bar or like dancing or yeah. something. So to just keep them there and they're already there. So I would say like around 30% of the people stayed. But that also meant... I couldn't do the same set. Like I wanted to do the same set to do that back-to-back -back comparison. But because like 30, mm -hmm. maybe 40% of people are the same, I was like, okay, let's go with a different set. And then I was like, okay, yeah. it's a late night show and people are a bit drunker and stuff. Let's go with uh, some kind of edgier jokes as well. Mm -hmm. So that kind of didn't work. I mean, it worked <laughs> up until one point when one person got really triggered and offended. So yeah. Oh, But uh, all right. Yeah, so it's it it's a good, very good experience, and uh, any like you can go for a week and do I think like ten shows easy, if you nice. announce it like enough time in advance to get those spots. Yeah. So I would recommend it to anyone who wants to just do some, you know, like uh, boot camp kind of uh, yeah. experience. Go for it. All right, sounds sounds great. All right, so moving on to Paris, good old France. Uh, all right, so let's let's start from the beginning again. Uh, so, what were your expectations of uh, Paris? Because to be honest, I'm kind of blank. 
Yeah, I was blank as well. I knew that there was some kind of English stand-up there. One of our mm. colleagues, friends, comedians that's now in Melbourne and that helped me produce the shows in Melbourne used to be with us in Moscow and traveled around Europe with us as well, Gleb. So he did Paris to in maybe 2016, I want to say, Oof. something like that. Yeah. So he was there all on just as a tourist and then applied for one of their like feature shows that's running to this day, actually the great yeah. American British, the great British American showcase or the great American British showcase, one of these two. Mm. Um, so yeah, so I knew only about that show and I met on uh, last fringe, I met a girl who's British but lives in Paris and she was uh, doing some actually no we met on Fringe we met in person but we actually met on the during the online shows when we did the online shows during the pandemic she was doing right. our online shows and then she mm -hmm. came to Edinburgh and we met there and she was like you should come to Paris and perform the, the scene is booming and I was like really Ooh. Paris English are you sure because uh, I was yeah. like yeah no one no one speaks English there but uh, yeah apparently it's not as big as kind of Barcelona and Berlin and, and maybe uh, other like Prague or Vienna at the moment, mm -hmm. but it's it's very developed. The scene is very developed. There is also, wow. I think in, I was there a bit shorter, a bit less days, but I think I did also maybe five or six shows in, the, in that time. So wow, okay, maybe, maybe not five great. or six, maybe I'm exaggerating now. Let me count. I did one <laughs> uh yes i did ha i did two minutes it yes. was a gong show i got booed off uh, <laughs> they threw a creme brulee at me it was horrible <laughs> they shoved a croissant in my mouth and chased me off the stage uh yes. i did one two three four five i think i did five but i maybe i'm now confusing one show because it was also back to back i flew directly from barcelona mm. to paris so I'm not hundred percent sure. I did at least four. Right. Let's let's do it like that. Okay. No, five. I did right. five. I remember now. Yeah, five. All right. Now we got the number settled. Very important. Yes. So let let's go. So obviously it was you. So how was? What did you actually find? So you said it's a it's a developing scene, not as big as Barcelona, but it's growing by the sounds of it, right? Yep. Okay. Cool. So now, once again, the makeup of the comedians. What what kind of comedians do they have there? Is it is it predominantly French? Is it predominantly Brits with only like a smattering of Germans and Belgians or something? Or no, I think what you're describing is 1946. But uh... <laughs> oh, you got the reference. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, no, no, it it was pretty much the same again. Like I think the majority was native English speaking expats. So yeah. mostly Americans in this case, I guess, but mm. Brits as well. Met a couple of Australians again. So yeah. God, they're everywhere. They're like fucking leeches or roaches or something, aren't they? Yeah. Just pop up. Oh, and there's a couple of Australians in the corner. It's almost Damn like it! there's nothing to do in Australia, <laughs> which we'll come to <laughs> next, I guess. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it was pretty much the same like that. I would say like 50% were native English speakers. Mm-hmm. 30% other like foreigners and I don't think I've actually seen any French people doing uh, English shows there. No, I have, I have. Yeah, I have. But uh, but in minority, definitely. Yeah, yeah. All right, good. So then the next question 
is what about the audience? How how did you find the audience? What was their makeup and how were they? Actually, that's the question we didn't really ask about Barcelona. With the the how receptive was the audience? How fun were they? How up for a good time were they? They were great, both in Barcelona and in Paris, I think, and the same makeup, uh, same everything. Because again, I think it's the same type of people. It's first and foremost expats i guess that live in those cities mm. for work or for whatever because they are like huge european you know like uh, metropolitan yeah. cities i mean huge for european standards and uh yeah. yeah and then like a lot of tourists as well or some kind of digital nomads seasonal travelers whatever they were mm. exchange students erasmus this kind of stuff so i don't remember any big difference between the audiences in those two cities and they were very up for it and very receptive and and you know fun to perform for in both in both places all right cool so once again getting to the point of you fitting in into the paris scene now admittedly you have now practiced a little bit in barcelona so now you're trying to like obviously the wheels are getting greased a little bit here yeah oh, yes, uh, the so... wheels. <laughs> oh delicious tell me about the grease <laughs> <laughs> greasing the wheels so now that you've your wheels have been slightly greased up you know they're not as there's not as much friction you know things are sliding and smoothly like rolling along how or at least a little bit more you've done a few shows in in barcelona so now in france are you building a bit more steam are you getting a bit more confident or do you actually feel yourself a little bit like actually i'm a little bit better than the france scene like Barcelona, I met my people, but the French, like the, the scene in the French, I'm a little bit better. Or you would be like, nah, still the same. I think that the scene in, in Paris is a bit younger. Mm. Beside, like, except those few, maybe that one show or a couple of shows that have been running for like ages. Uh, mm. And I think the comedians are a bit younger in terms of their experience as well. But I can't say it's a weaker I mean, it's slightly weaker. Yeah, okay, I can't say it. <laughs> it's slightly weaker oh. because I think that most comedians there have maybe like between one and three years of experience, while in Barcelona it was, I think, like three to five and plus, like five plus years of performing. Right. It just seemed like that. Or maybe it's because they have more shows that they can do weekly. Yeah. So if you do like three shows a night, you get there faster. Like in six months, you're already like, you know, a fully sure. pledged comedian and if you do one show a month then it takes you five years for that i guess so maybe that's the difference yeah. but yeah the, the barcelona seemed seemed a bit more mature than paris but there are really good comics there as well and not all comics are obviously uh locals so in both cities there are like traveling comedians like myself from mm. like california from london from wow. australia from whatever so yeah Wow, awesome, fantastic. Okay, great. Uh, so any parting words or thoughts uh, or shout-outs or anything to the Paris scene or about the Paris scene? Any idea, any final thoughts? Yeah, one, one another shout-out to everyone who gave me a spot and a chance. Uh, final thoughts. I don't know, it was surprisingly great. Like, I just not surprisingly in terms of that I expected it to be bad. I just didn't expect anything because I didn't know they have such a well-developed and, and kind of, I don't know, like a, a lively scene over there. Mm. But uh, it is like there are, there are many weekly shows, not as many as like Berlin or Barcelona, but more than we ever had in Moscow, for example, which is, again, mm. 
makes more sense because Paris is more interesting for tourists and and and, and let's say not interesting but more available and welcoming mm-hmm. to like tourists and foreigners and everything than Moscow ever was but yeah it's it's I, I see it in like three to five years maybe being kind of neck and neck with Barcelona and maybe even Berlin if if people keep doing what they're doing and you know if more things yeah. start popping up but yeah had had a great time looking forward All to right. going back at some point fantastic all right so now moving on to the third and last leg of your tour and yes we're still calling it a tour the uh the last leg uh melbourne an english-speaking country eh. probably uh well okay australian english okay let's australian which is sort of a dialect more more like it okay fair enough um kind of like the irish still struggling with the language same as we are in australia so now how okay so what was it like what were your expectations because you were going not just to go and play a few shows like you did in Barcelona and Paris, but you went to the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Yep. I mean, expectations there a bit different because, yeah, you're not like just doing a guest 10 or guest 15 or at someone else's show. And it's not just like regular weekly shows where people kind of drop in, drop out, check out what's mm. there. And, you know, it's a, it's a festival. And it is mostly locals that go to this show, of course. Like, since Australia is too far away for someone so for someone to travel from, I guess, Germany to go and see that festival, you know. So it's yeah. mostly locals, and uh, it is. And it was my own show, so I was doing my solo show primarily, only four dates, basically for four shows, mm-hmm. but still quite different. And that's why expectations were also different, but. I guess expectations were lower in because I knew that like a regular flag flagship showcase that the comedy club is running every Friday in Barcelona is always like 80 people because it's a standard thing. Yeah. They know how to promote it. They have different lineups. It's an interesting. While like some Croatian coming to perform in English in the middle of Melbourne, you know, if I get like five people, mm-hmm. I'm happy because it's a completely yeah. different concept, right? And uh, that's mm-hmm. kind of what happened. <laughs> that's what I got. Really? So, well, I got like my first show were four people. My second show was, I think, like maybe 25, then like 35, Ooh. 40. And the last one was maybe 20-ish. So mm-hmm. these kind of numbers, not like huge attendance and not actually locals, mostly since I, but also because I kind of marketed as as kind of this yugoslavian like eastern southern european Mm. show and stuff mostly people from this region as well like croatians serbs bosniaks macedonians bulgarians this kind of crowd greek was 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 there any fights in the audience did things erupt no 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 we only fight when we're at home we never fight abroad (laughs) so yeah it's it's it resulted in like the theme of the show resulted in such people showing up i mean like those were still australians in like basically mm. they are expats or or actual australians like second generation maybe immigrants or something like that but uh, yeah i mean no one traveled from bulgaria just to see my show in australia they were <laughs> like already living there but yeah so that was kind of so it wasn't even though it was an english-speaking country i can't say that i had a lot of like native audiences mm. so mm. okay fair enough now like we said it's a different sort of scenario so the other comedians that you met there at the festival 
Well, who did you generally meet or and hang out with when it comes to comedians at the festival sort of thing? Did you meet other comedians who had also traveled abroad to perform at the uh, at the comedy festival? Or did you mainly just meet locals or you didn't really meet many because everyone's doing their own thing? I mostly uh, hung out with the with friends that I already have, which are comics mm-hmm. and, and just friends that I've met and performed with in Moscow, actually. So glad that used to mm-hmm. live with us in Moscow and did the European tours and everything with me. He's now there and I was staying with him and he was the one like producing my shows. Then Arun, my, my good friend that also lived in, in Moscow and moved to Melbourne and so on. So I mostly hung out with my friends, like my people, not other comics. Yeah. But there were some like uh, British comics there as well that I know, like Milo Edwards that also lived in, in Moscow for a bit. And uh, we've met like numerous and we went on tour together and met like in other cities in Edinburgh, in Stockholm, here and there. Uh, Alfie Brown that we brought to St. Petersburg and Moscow back in 20... 19 maybe before the pandemic i think Mm -hmm. or something like that a british like tv comic fairly i would say well-established comic as well so yeah i met some people that i know like from the european scene and they were also there doing the festival but mostly i hung out not even with comics but just with my friends and their friends kind of that Mm -hmm. that circuit of people who are also comics but they're not Mm -hmm. I don't see them as comics. I see them as friends, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. And uh, so what was your feel of the, of the festival in, in general? Now I understand you actually also had to work quite a bit. So it was a bit of a pain in the butt for you. Like you didn't get to see as much as you'd like, but from what you did see and what you did experience, how, how what was your uh, thoughts of, of the festival and of, of Melbourne in general? While you, maybe when you got to walk around in the mornings before it was all sort of stuff. And Yeah. I mean, the city is very different when during the festival, like especially compared to Edinburgh, for example, because in Edinburgh, if there weren't all the like street performers and flyers, especially, you wouldn't know that there is a festival going on. I mean, like you would have to walk into a bar or a venue to see the show. It's just all the people yeah. like flyering and bothering you on the streets then and the number of people that you understand that there is a big event going on. But in Melbourne, it's all like the whole city is consumed by this, like everywhere there are huge billboards, posters, flags of uh, the comedy festival. Mm. Like you would see a flag of Victoria, Australia, Melbourne and the comedy festival, like four flags in a row. Like it's a thing, you know. So yeah, yeah, not much happens in Australia. And when something does, we make a big fucking deal out of it because it's the only thing we've got. Oh, I know. I'm surprised you didn't walk down like it was practically like a parade. I'm surprised they didn't hold a parade for you just for coming from overseas. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, but it's a good thing. It's a it's a commendable thing that because, you know, it shows that the city is proud of this event and that it's organizing something of this level. Well, in Edinburgh, it's a bit different because the Fringe was always like an alternative thing. And while the Mm. city and that kind of actual like venues and theaters were organizing their own arts festival, Fringe came about as an alternative option, like a free indie version. So the city isn't really, I mean, it is behind it, but, you know, not like here. It's it's something that they actually put money in and resources and everything. But it's visible and yeah. that's good. Like you have a feeling like the whole, at least the center and everything is consumed by this event. There are no, like maybe some, I don't remember seeing all these like flyers and everything like in Edinburgh. It's not so messy. It's not so chaotic. 
it's like a bit you know fancier on the next level let's say and in terms of shows i've only seen i think four or five shows but uh it they were really the the good thing about these kind of festivals and with uh, edinburgh it's always like there is this free fringe and then there is paid fringe so free fringe is always even if it's donations or pay what you can or whatever especially as a comedian you can just like thank the performer and say like i'm also a comedian and everything and they kind of understand that you won't pay for every other show you come to see yeah. but the paid shows like if you want to see i don't know david doherty if you want to see daniel sloss if you want to see whoever is performing like the, the big guys mark watson whatever you always have to pay does they don't care if you're a comedian or not yeah but for the melbourne festival you have these performers or participant pass actually so even if, if you're a performer or producer or a st- staff member on any show you get this pass any free seat that is left once the show is about to start you're welcome to take it so even mm-hmm. the big names even the big shows so i sadly didn't get a chance to to see any like really big names i guess but we see some very interesting shows. And yeah, the great thing about these festivals is the variety. Like it's not, I mean, yeah. it's, even if it's stand-up, it can be very different stand-up. And then besides that, like I, I we went to see a mime, like a kind of silent mm. comic mime guy, which was absolutely hilarious. I uh, went to see a variety show of like musical comedy acts that starts yeah. at like 11 p.m., when everyone is like super drunk so it's like a stadium gig like people are standing up and and watching this and like singing along and chanting and everything like you know it's cool. and, and it's like a comedy show but it's not like stand up or what you would yeah. imagine comedy is and uh one like musical duo like from New Zealand that did their shows show, sorry that did their songs in like a small conference room of a hotel so that was funny mm-hmm. it's like this flashy musical comedy but it's like in a conference room so yeah. yeah you get to see like all these different acts and things and it's i think besides performing it's the second best thing or if you can't perform or don't want to perform as a comedian go and see whenever there's a chance as many of these different shows because it's really inspiring and like motivating you mm-hmm. know like you see all the different ways you could be doing comedy that's not just standing with a microphone on a stage, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a bit more creativity and thinking outside the box sort of stuff, maybe. And encourage, encouraging you to do the same or maybe incorporate elements of it into your stand-up. Yeah, I mean, that's... If, you, if it, you know, like, matches with your style or something, but not mm. even necessarily that, just seeing what's out there you know like seeing the bigger picture that it's not one bar one club one type of comics and we talked about it before as well like uh, in 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 moscow in russia especially with russian stand-up everyone is kind of the same because there is this Mm. industry of stand-up where they actually produce you into this mold of being the same but then when you go to and i would say that you know it happens maybe accidentally in other places as well like in barcelona in berlin if you go to a feature show and you see like six comics in a row they're all kind of similar like you know this european scene oh guess what happened to me in barcelona i mistook two words that sound the same oh silly me you know like this kind of stuff and it's just one type of comedy and then you go to these festivals and you see a guy that spends like 15 minutes on stage, doesn't say a word, 
throws baby powder at the audience and steals a woman's <laughs> phone. And you're like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. No, that's not a comedian. That's a thief. All right. He was distracting with the baby powder, stealing the phone that you just, that woman just got robbed and you all applauded the thief and you all went, yay, well done. And he's now running away. Oh yeah, that makes sense. We've never seen him again. And the woman called the cops. Yeah, that actually, <laughs> that checks out. Yeah. But God, it was funny. That was fucking hilarious. Like all right. So are there any final words or thoughts you would like to say about the Melbourne Comedy Festival and Melbourne in general or uh, promos or shout outs or anything that you would like to say? Final thoughts. Sure. Shout out to everyone who helped me organize my show. So primarily Gleb, who kind of hosted me in his home, he, him mm -hmm. and his girlfriend who were super nice to me. Like three weeks, I was basically in their home being a guest, being annoying, being there, working, sleeping, farting, everything. But they put mm. up with it. And then he also produced the actual shows. So everything, like all the uh, approvals and papers and everything we needed for the festival registration and everything, the actual like yeah. hosting, preparing the room, like everything, everything. So huge thanks and shout out to him and all the other people who participated as well, like the whole community behind that young guard from Melbourne that gave me the, the venue and everything. Arun, a mm -hmm. friend, uh, of course, who opened for me as well in one of the shows and everyone who showed up. I mean, it's it's a really unique experience. You know, when you go across the, the globe, you do your silly mm -hmm. little jokes that you came up with, you know, in your shower and you're like, oh, wow, 35 people in Melbourne also find this funny. Yeah, so, yeah. It's a shame there were 200 people there, but 35 found it funny, so. <laughs> ah, but I'm ching. One final check. All right, <laughs> very good. Now, <laughs> all right. And do you have any any wrap up thoughts you want to, you would like to give the give our audience? Yeah, I mean, give the listener to to comics to any comics or aspiring comics listening. I would say it's always good to go out and perform in a different city, just a different kind of vibe and stages and people. Networking is such a good and important aspect of, of all of this we're doing, you know, like just meeting yeah. those people, sharing the stage, shaking hands, chilling with them and stuff. Mm. But even better, I think, would be going to one of those big festivals and uh, you, as you've never been, and I know you wanted to go yeah. for ages, and we so almost bad. went like one year when we applied with like a two-man show. We were uh, what was that? Twenty twenty was it? Was it twenty twenty? Uh, was maybe, it? Maybe maybe it was twenty twenty. Yeah, or, yeah. or Some, something got in the way. Anyway, or maybe it was a year before. I don't remember, but yeah, uh, <laughs> like just once in your life, I think just go and see it because just go and see it. Like even if you don't get in, even if you don't have. Yeah all the fees for you know registration for the full run to perform and stuff yeah. like that just go and see it because in like three four days if you plan it right there are shows every hour or something like that you can see a bunch of shows and it's such an eye-opener in terms of what else is going on there and what comedy can be from like a silent guy with baby powder stealing phones to you know mm -hmm. like still a thief still a thief to a husband and wife uh, rapping in a conference Ooh. room of a hotel to you yeah. know like just like weird yeah. weird stuff to uh, the to insanity uh, the creativity the chaos yep yeah exactly so definitely big recommendation like go and go and see it and if you can go and do it 
All right, fantastic. Thank you for those final words. I hope the listener has enjoyed Igor's stories and experiences and the, the advice that he shared. Also, if you would like to give your own opinions, your own voice, your own thoughts about anything that Igor has said, or maybe some questions I didn't, you know, that you wish that I had asked because I'm a really crap interviewer, you can then please uh, respond to us through the the chats, through Instagram, through Twitter, through all of the comedy kiosk social media that we have also if you want to donate some money to our patreon account i believe we still have that do we uh in theory yes i believe no one's ever donated to us sadly and uh, you could be the first and we will give you a shout out at this point i don't know how we can afford all those trips and and shows and and festivals because literally no one's helping out people are just listening and i see every day we have new listeners people from all around the world mostly the states for some reason uk vpn second i guess Mm, maybe uh like everywhere across europe australia canada new zealand you know come on people you can afford a dollar or two help us help us travel and perform more so you can hear more of such stories Yes, because right now you're getting no stories from me because I just can't afford it. That's why. I'm right now, we've only got enough to send one person out, and that's Igor. He's got more experience, so he gets to go out there. He he always wins at rock, paper, scissor every single fucking time. I just don't know how, but he always chooses right. Okay, so thank you very much for listening. I've been David Munoz. And I'm Igor Monday. Catch you around next time. Ciao. Bye-bye.